episode number 356 with Super Bowl champion Steve Weatherford. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to a special, incredible interview with the legendary Steve Weatherford. That's right, my man, my good friend is in town. He was staying at the Greatness Studio with me in my home. And for those that don't know who Steve is, he's a former NFL football punter for the New York Giants. He also played for the New Orleans Saints, Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New York Jets. Now, Steve is a dedicated husband, a doting father, an all-around family man, avid health and fitness role model, and a nationally recognized philanthropist and Super Bowl-winning punter. Now, through his various initiatives, he has served as a role model to over 100,000 youths with his primary outreach focused on children, health, fitness, and family. And Steve is one of the most positive human beings I've ever met. Also one of the most shredded, ripped guys that I know. It's pretty impressive just to look at the guy. I'm, there's not many men that I'm in awe of looking at. And he is one of those guys. Just super ripped. So dedicated. I don't think I've ever met a guy as dedicated and focused on his health as Steve. Awesome human being and up to big things. And in this interview, we talk about why he retired from the NFL in the peak of his career, his advice for women who want a man that is driven and how to manage and navigate that. Also, why Steve sees retirement as starting over. The crazy idea that Steve came up with for him and myself to compete against each other in why he wanted to have a big family since he was 15 and he's got four kids at 33. Also, how to get in the best shape of your life and change one simple mindset shift that could transform your life forever. That and so much more in this episode. Make sure if you're listening or watching right now, go to lewishouse.com slash three five six share this out with your friends over on twitter and facebook it's at weatherford five and at lewis house over on twitter share it out let your friends know about it and also watch the full video over on youtube as well and share that also without further ado let me introduce to you the legendary steve weatherford take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s. 1975, to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. 
Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got the legendary Superman himself, Steve Weatherford, in the house. Good to see you, man. You know that that's like the greatest way to butter me. I know. I know. The man, you know that. You know man, I love that. The real man of steel is in the building. <laughs> you know I love that. In Greatness headquarters, you actually crashed here the last two nights, so I got to... I feel like I've got some Superman rubbing off on me. So and you definitely Snapchatted me snoring on your couch. I did, yes. <laughs> snoring like a pig. It was great. I've um, ne- you know, I've never actually seen, seen or heard snore. myself snore before. No, it's yeah. pretty loud. It's pretty loud. You're on your back. You look passed out, yeah. man. That's a comfortable couch now. It's not bad. It's we've great. had some. We've had Olympians sleep on that couch. I was we've just had- thinking to myself, like, we're in the school of greatness HQ. That's it, man. Which is an honor. This, to me, I feel like this is hallowed ground. I mean- how many amazing a lot of great conversations. I mean, the wall of greatness have have not only come into this room, but what has reverberated out of this room and inspired, including myself. Yeah. Like your podcast has made me enjoy running again, and I hate running. I hear you. You know, I but I do. I throw that on. And every once in a while, like, the podcast isn't done, and I've already hit, like, my you keep running, and I'm like, all right, Tay Diggs is going to go for four more minutes. I can make it. You know what I mean? I like it. I like no, it's it. It's cool, man. That's <laughs> good. Um, so for those that don't know who you are, you are a 10-year NFL vet. You're also an All-American in two sports. You have a Super Bowl ring, and you just retired. You were arguably one of the best punters of all time in the NFL. But who's keeping track of stats here? Right? Nobody's. I mean, I got four beautiful kids, too. Don't forget about that part. Exactly. Four kids, and you're only 33. Pretty amazing, man. You've lived a full life already at 33. Well, I was just thinking the same thing about you, minus the kids that we my know kids. of. <laughs> yes. I mean, dude, we're both 33. 33. What's your I birthday? I like that's one thing that kind of like, uh, like, like pulled me towards you mm-hmm. when we first met on the Summit to Sea yeah, Cruise. Because yeah. uh, you stuck out there. Like, I was mm. a bigger guy there, but you're abnormally tall. No, I'm not that much taller than you. What, three, two inches? What two you? inches is a lot. Eh. I mean, if I'm two inches taller than everybody there and you're two inches taller than me, right, you right. stuck out. Sure. I don't know how I stuck out because I, I'm in my own skin. Right. You stuck out, huh. big guy. It's good to know. And uh, and then, you know, found out like, oh, he's from the Midwest. Yes. You know, multiple sport athlete in high school and in college. World record holder, 418 yeah. yards receiving. Dude, my stats are like punting stats cool <laughs> you actually was, scored touchdowns bro what was the longest punt you ever had in the game uh high school through pro 79 yards Ooh, that's got to be a record in uh, something i'm sure what was that high probably school like college? a record for like the greatest celebration afterwards because what kind of punter <laughs> celebrates but i had a good one were you guys in the we end were zone? playing we were pl- yeah we snapped it from i want to say it was like the 10 yard line so i was like five yards deep in my end zone when i caught the ball and I ripped it down all the way to like the other eleven or something like that. Wow! But it was real windy that day. We were playing the <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, I've, I've and competed I in Iowa, man. All I needed to do was like get the ball up in the air because it was like thirty mile plus, <laughs> and it felt really good. And then in the next the quarter, 
I had to punt the ball into it. That's I no, wasn't 12, celebrating 12 quite footer. as much, dude. I was uh, competing in the. Uh, that's it's it's, it's hard a humbling ring, experience, man. my man. I competed in the national championships for the decathlon my senior year. The first time I did the decathlon was my senior year, and um, the national championships was in Iowa at man, where was it? Drake. No, I got invited this to run at Drake, but Drake I didn't, release I didn't do it. is really fun. I went to Waverly, Iowa. Never been there. And I remember it was the second day, and I'm throwing the javelin into the wind. And I just couldn't hit it. No, I couldn't pierce think, it, man. Like you would think that a javelin, there's really not that much surface just area. Pierce it? No, I mean it was like it was bad. But but the nice thing is, is everybody had to throw into it. Everyone did, but I wanted those extra points, man. Yeah, you know. So, Javel- anyways, javelin was one of my weaker events. Really? Huh. It's just it's real technical. Like that's yeah. something you have to practice a lot. You can't just be like a good athlete and grab a spear and chuck mm-hmm. it 180 feet. Right, man. That's yeah. what I did. <laughs> yeah, but dude, remember when we were kids yes. and they had the presidential physical fitness yeah, test? Yeah. yeah. I was I would have made it in like second grade, but I mm. couldn't do the pull ups. Wow. Interesting. I wanted that patch so bad, man. I hear you. I like it, man. I like that. I like that. I've listened I was actually for the listeners, I've listened to so many of Lewis's podcasts that I've picked up on all of his uh common Seg. segue words, you know. <laughs> yes. Like Interesting. Somebody'll say something compelling or like emotionally um inspiring and Lewis will, I like that <laughs> or or it's interesting and then he goes into his next and then he goes into his next question so I'm going to start with uh, what the, what I usually end with is a question of what's your definition of greatness I'm going to mix it up because I know you're waiting you knew that I was preparing I knew for you're this, waiting though. for the end though but you know what I did is I once we kind of set a date that we were going to do this I thought about what I'm going to say, but I didn't really want to prepare anything. So mm. what is my definition, definition of greatness? Of greatness? Um, I think it's, for me, it's identifying what your gift is mm. and then finding a way to leverage it to inspire, motivate, educate, just bring other people up with you. Um, and it was like I had to do a lot of soul searching in my own life because I was like, well, like, what's my gift? Like, yeah. is my gift kicking a football? It's, like, mm. so, like, obscure. But I, I think my gift is motivating and inspiring. You know, I love public speaking. I'm not nearly as polished as you, but I, I genuinely get so much fulfillment from it. And it could be uh, an amphitheater of a 1,000 people mm. or it could be a second-grade class of – 18 kids like to me like i get the same like buzz when i leave the you know when i leave them like hanging on every word that i'm saying so i was able to take my dream of playing in the national football league and being a professional athlete and that kind of gave me the platform Mm. to be able to share my gift and my gift is motivating inspiring and you know i mean you know my story sure um you know being uh, a freshman in high school, 108 pounds and having dreams and aspirations of, you know, one day being a professional athlete. And then for me to have the vision of being that professional athlete and set the goal of one day achieving it, but then you have to develop your own plan. And it's not like there were podcasts like yours that would give you the tools that right. you need to be able to kind of apply into your life and, and mentors. Cause whether you know it or not, you're mentoring Millions of people, like literally 1.3 million people per month. Yeah. You know, you've mentored me over the last eight months. You know, it's like weird to say you're the same age as me. You know, I'm a 10-year NFL veteran and, you know, the stuff that I've done there, 
Uh, but you've mentored me by kind of bridging the gap between all of these amazing people who have gifts of all different industries and spaces mm-hmm. and you've brought them to me and all the other like listeners. It's heavy, man. It's really cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to sit my butt cheeks in the yeah, same man. seat that all the people that I've been listening to, cause I haven't listened to all 356 of these, but right. I've listened to well over a hundred of them. And we did the math I've listened to since we met, I've listened to at least three per week. Wow. Um, so yeah, I I mean, like I've spent, I like that. I've spent uh, a good three and a half hours with you every single week, and you didn't even know it. That's good. Yeah. The, the thing is that I think is interesting is that you're so successful, you've achieved a lot. At, you know, you're in the top one percent of one percent of your niche as a punter. You know, you're one of the best in the world at what you do, or you were. And you have, I still am. I just yeah, don't want to yeah, do it anymore. You're just not doing it anymore. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you're still in the top 1%, 1%. You got four kids. You got a loving family. You've been married for 10, 15 years. Uh, almost 10 years. 10 yeah. years. You're transitioning into the next thing and you're still learning. You're still growing. And most people don't realize that the people that are on the top already are the ones that are constantly learning and they're like hungry for information. They're starving to feed their soul and their mind for ways to continue to stay on top or grow. And so I think people need to hear that whether you're listening to me or someone else, you're doing the work still. And that's important for people to know. You've worked really hard over the last two decades to get to where you were, and now you're still working hard. Just that still working step. hard. I feel like I'm starting over. You're starting you over. You know, because I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into it sure. later, like why I decided to, to retire from the yeah. NFL. So why did you and I've actually retire? never officially announced it. So so why are you uh, retiring? Maybe I'll just why are you it. retiring? Um, it's because... I mean, you're at the top of your game. You've got another 10 years you could punt. Yeah, but it's... You're a physical specimen. I, I mean... You're one of the best for, athletes in the league. I mean, I don't know if I'd say one... It, what, do you, what do you consider... Physical, strength, speed... Like if all those other guys competed against me in a decathlon, yeah, you would I'd win. Mop the floor, with them. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Um, a well-rounded athlete, you're one of the best. Yeah, no, the I, fastest, I don't have a lot of weaknesses, but I'm not. The cool thing about the decathlon is it's you don't have to be the best in any of those ten events. Like they could be twenty guys, yeah. and I could get fourth place in every single event but and win. crush everybody. Exactly. Um, so it's about the decathlon is about not having weaknesses it's one well-rounded right so like when i first went to college and tried the decathlon for the first time i'd never pole vaulted before or touched a javelin or a discus and those are like technical events those are hard yeah i was not a good pole vaulter but (laughs) you know you work hard on something and you know i eliminated that weakness now pole vault was never a strength of mine but But i I got it to where it wasn't a weakness what was your highest pole vault 1410 that's good it 14 won't three, I think. Right. You know, I mean, you probably crushed me in Javelin, though. Yeah. You know what we should do one day? <laughs> go do the Catholic? Go do the Catholic. I'm in, man. I, I would do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine running a 1500 right now? Like I hard. Die. I would die. Like with spikes on. I would die. With yeah. a unitard yeah. and spikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would die. Can we put that in the show notes whenever we'll him and I compete against in? in uh, that would be the event I can beat you in What's right that? now, a 1500. That might be the only event. <sighs> You beat me in I'm, I'm, right Dude, I'm, I'm probably overconfident, but I feel like I could run a 530, <laughs> 1500. My best was 4.55. I want to say that like mine was like right there. Yeah, I yeah. might have been 4.57. I might be at 5.30 I right broke now, five so. minutes. I know that. That's good. You know when, Barely. You, so how funny is this? When I was 12 years old, I ran a 5.02, and I 
don't think I could run a 502 right now. <laughs> like, if you're I trained, also, I could. Also, 108 pounds. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot no, harder to push no. around. Dude, two, when I was 12, I was like 79. It's a lot harder to push around 240. Yeah, yeah. There's no a question. A lot harder. There. Yeah. We went and ran the other day, and yeah. you were leading the pack, man. I mean. That was a fun run. It was fun. That was, it was a, good. That was a great little route we went on. So why you're at the top of your game, you're making a couple million bucks a year as a punter. Mm-hmm. People still want you. Why say, I'm done, 10 years? <sighs> You got another ten years in you probably to punt. This my, is people's my, dream. People my would, wife is asking people me the would, same question. People would kill to be a punter in the NFL to have your career, and you're walking away from it. Why? Um, I don't want to sound as if I didn't appreciate it because man, it was my dream. Yeah, you know, it was my lifelong dream to be a pro. Um, now when I dreamed it up, I wasn't a punter. What were you thinking? I was in the NFL. What were you playing? What you want to play? Uh, something cool, like wide receiver. Strong safety. You know, not running back, but yeah, like a wide receiver, safety. What did you play in court. high school? Um, I punted, kicked. Because I, I punted and kicked at the same time as playing soccer. So I would play mm-hmm. soccer games on Tuesdays and Saturdays and football games on Fridays. So you want a receiver in high school or a running no. back? Nope. Just, just kicked only? Just kicked. Mm. I played safety for like the first six games of my senior year. And then you're like, then I got focus. a then I got a stinger uh, in practice, and I'm like, screw this! <laughs> I don't like hitting. I don't like right, getting right. hit. I'm a kicker. Let me yeah. go to the other field. Wow. Okay. And then you got the college scholarship at the University of Illinois, mm-hmm. right? And then you just punted there the whole time. Punted and kicked. I actually got to campus, and we were doing summer conditioning, and my team wasn't that good. We didn't have a lot of talent on my team. Great school. Uh, would not trade the four years I had there for anything, but we didn't have a ton of talent. Where is the Illinois? Where's Champaign, Illinois? How far from St. Louis? Um, it's on the on the completely other side. So St. Louis is on Two, the edge hours. of Missouri and Illinois west side. Yeah. Um, and Champaign is on the east about side. Two of hours Illinois. away. So probably about three hours. You know, we were playing the same time. I was playing in Elsa, Illinois, oh, yeah? and you're playing in Champaign. Yeah. No, we do. We have so much. Like, the more time. time I spend with you, like, just talk about, like. We're both two-sport All-Americans in the same sport. We played four sports in high school. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> and so, like, when I see you finding all this success and, like, impacting. After sports. Yeah, impacting millions of people, like, dude, I'm kind of peanut butter and jealous, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like I it. am. You know, because. You would have loved to play in the NFL. Oh, man. It was like, a that dream. Was, that was your dream. It was a dream, man. And arena football but was But what like... you're doing is my dream. Mm. You know, maybe maybe it's podcasts. Maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's TV. I don't I don't know, like, what my dream job is, but I want, like, to me, it's impact. Mm. And I didn't feel like playing in the NFL, I was having an impact really? anymore. Um, I felt like I had reached the point where financially I had saved enough money to to follow my passion like do i need to still generate some money i mean i got four kids i'd love to have another one god willing um i want to spend more time with my kids and so after i finished like i set my goals you know to get into the nfl and then i got into the nfl and then my next goal was to make it to four years because the league average of the the duration of a career is 3.1 years and so when i made it to four years i achieved that goal but i also became eligible for the retirement and the pension and so i hit that mark i was like man you know what about 10 years do i think maybe i can do it and i'm like you know what if i make it 10 years and i have a super bowl ring i'm going to reevaluate and see if i want to set more goals or you know it's been real but i'm out uh 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, and so um, really when when my mindset changed, I really wasn't thinking about retiring at all before my 10th season had started in the offseason of my career before my 10th season. And I was in Southern California, and my wife was uh, about to give birth to our fourth child, uh, Josie Jacqueline. And my wife had the child, smooth delivery, baby came out, 10 and a half pounds, wow. just beautiful. And, and the very next day, I had to leave and go back to New York because uh, the Training mini camper, camp was yeah. starting. And so I called coach and because he was on kind of like high alert because there was a chance that I wasn't going to be at the start of practice on Monday because of the baby. Because of the baby. So if she didn't have the baby on time or whatever. And so uh, it was on a Saturday night at 7 p.m. She had the baby. I spent the next five or six hours with her. Then I went home to my other three kids and then brought them to the hospital in the morning. We spent three hours with baby JJ. And then I left my three older with my mother-in-law and got on a plane to fly back to Newark, New Jersey. And once we got probably about 60 miles out from Newark, New Jersey, there was a big storm that was happening in Newark. And so we circled for about an hour and we still couldn't land because of weather. And so we redirected to Dulles Airport in DC and we ended up landing at like, I want to say 1230, uh, like 30, 30 minutes past midnight. We landed 
And they said, United said, you know, we're going to have a bus that's going to drive everybody the three and a half hours up to Newark. And then you guys can all disperse from there because your, you know, your luggage and this, that, the other will be brought with you. And so the bus never came, 2.30, 3 o'clock, still no bus. So I was like, man, if, if I don't, if I don't leave now in a rental car, then I'm going to be late to practice. And I've never missed a practice or a workout in the nine years up until that point. So I'm like, I'm not going to start now. So I rent a car. And I'm driving, and the roads are bone dry, no rain or anything. And then I get to about mile marker 58 on the New Jersey Turnpike, and it's not raining. I'm running about 75 in a, you know, speed limit 70. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. standard protocol. You go five miles over, and I wasn't <laughs> in a rush because right. um, I was scheduled to get up to, to practice at about 6 o'clock, and I didn't have to be there till 7. So I wasn't rushing, and there was a blockage in the drainage system on the New Jersey Turnpike and I was driving a red Volkswagen Jetta and I hit that body of water and my car hydroplaned and it it spun three times and it was almost like it was like slow motion so I gripped the wheel as I saw the the center what is it an embankment cement embankment I knew I was going to hit it so I tucked my chin I gripped the wheel and and as I hit it, my car came up off off of all four tires and like went sideways on the embankment and then bounced back down across all the way to the other guardrail off across three lanes of traffic, bounced off of that back into the middle lane of the New Jersey Turnpike. And it's like three o'clock and four o'clock in the morning at this point. Wow. And I had my eyes closed the whole time, but I could feel myself pinballing around. And then I opened my eyes and I'm like, I touched myself. I'm like, oh my God, I'm alive. And then for whatever reason, I'm like, I got to get out of the car. I'm in the middle of the New Jersey Turnpike. And so real quickly, I unbuckle um, my seatbelt. My door won't open. The passenger door won't open. And so I crawled through the middle between the seats and then the back right door opened. I got out and I went to the shoulder of the road, called 911. No more than 30 seconds goes by. Here, another splash. I looked to my left. Another car hit the same body of water, hydroplane three times and smashed into my car going at least 75 80 miles an hour and i rush over there and there's a big dude probably 250 pounds much bigger than me slumped over the steering wheel blood gushing from his face he's unresponsive um i can't get any of the doors open and then the back right door the same door that i crawled out of in my car i end up like getting my fingers into the door jam and prying the door open oh. like Hulk. And then I crawl into the crawl into the back seat, wake this guy up. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, dude, you're in a bad car. We got to get out of the car right now. And so I, I pull this gigantic guy through the middle of the seat. It was like a Nissan Altima or Sentra. Wow. And then he like spills himself onto the, onto the road, the New Jersey turnpike and get him to the, get him to the shoulder of the road. And the whole reason I'm telling you this story is after that happened, like something in my mind changed and I wasn't, I wasn't passionate about football anymore. I wasn't like, I got to practice on time and I was there and it just like something changed. Like it was, I, I just knew that that wasn't my journey anymore. Mm. And so, you know, I was committed to the team. And so I kind of, you know, I tried to fake it, you know, fake the motivation and, you know, but it just, it wasn't there for me anymore. And so then after that season was over, it was like, you know, it's, I think it's time. So, um, and I've always got the most fulfillment from, 
from sharing my journey and sharing my experiences and sharing right. what I've learned from people in my life like you and the people that you've had on the show, you know, whether it's the three gratitudes in the morning or it's perspective or it's, you know, little things that I've learned on the show, like the, you know, the, the art of giving, you know, these things that I've applied into my own life, you know, like I picked you up a nice pair of Nike tennis shoes last I night, you know what right I mean? Cause I'm, nice. I'm thankful that you let me stay at your home. Sure. You know, like there's really no reason you, I came here to visit you two days ago. And you're like, nah, man, just stay at my house. I'm like, yeah, yeah. nah, man, just y'all go <laughs> get a place. He was like, no, I insist. So it's just like little things sure. in my life that I've learned from mentors and friends and, and people who are prosperous. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say prosperous, it doesn't mean they make tons of money or they drive this car. Prosperity to me is like a combination of health, wealth, happiness, love. And, and I gravitate towards people like that because I want that in my own life and I want to yeah. share that with other people as well. So that's mm. kind of what brought me to the decision of pursuing more of that yeah. and, and being to other people what you are to, to your audience sure, and, sure. and your friends and your family and the people that you surround yourself with and motivate on a daily basis, myself included. I want to be that for other people. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be Lewis House. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. <laughs> I want to be as fit as you. I, mean, I, mean, I don't know if listen, that's possible. Dude, listen, <laughs> being fit is cool when you go to the beach, but it really doesn't inspire anybody. <laughs> you know, Inspires it's cool on people. Instagram. Yeah, right. You Snapchat. throw a couple of filters on there and you actually look even better. <laughs> Love it. What, um, when was the last game you played then? The last and game was I that played. Like? Um, did you know that was your last game? Yeah. So this is a good story. So, um, after I decided I was done, I accepted a job with ESPN. So I'm in the Upper West Side of Manhattan hosting my ESPN radio show. I'm sitting next to my co-host, Dave Rothenberg, and we're, we're taking phone calls. And we're it's a Saturday at about 11 a.m. My show was from 9 to noon. And we're taking calls, and we're kind of uh, teasing up, previewing the games that are going to happen tomorrow, which would be Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, New York radio, and so we were talking about the Jets-Patriots upcoming game. They're division rivals. It's a big game because the Jets were killing it at the time, and they were actually like half a game back from the Patriots, and so it was a big game. So I talked about the, the Jets and their quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you know how he's done an incredible job this season, having the best season of his career in his 10th season. And, you know, it's, I, I made some really positive comments, but then I also said, you know, he really lacks the arm strength to be able to compete against Tom Brady, which is not a knock on sure. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tom Brady's probably the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. And we go to commercial break, and my cell phone rings, and I pick it up, and the caller ID says Jets front office. I'm like, my mind is racing. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I say? Did I, did I say something bad? Because I had their numbers saved because I used to play for the Jets. Yeah. So I answer the phone and it's their general manager. He's like, hey, Steve, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. Um, hey, are you wouldn't happen to be in New York, would you? I'm like, yeah, actually, I'm in ESPN radio, uh, you know, ESPN studio uh, doing a radio show. He's like, what are the chances of you getting to Boston tonight? And I'm like, um, <laughs> do you guys need me to do the pregame show? I'm not kidding you. Yeah, no clue what he was asking And for. he was like, no. He's like, uh, you know, our, our punter has an infection in his shin. And we're not sure if he can play tomorrow. And he's like, you know, we'll give you X amount of dollars. And I was like, I don't have to practice. I just show up and play. He's like, yeah, we don't have any time to practice. He's like, uh, tell me what size jersey you wear, what number you want to wear on the back of it, and I'll meet you in Boston. And so I uh, went up to Boston. It was the first time in my pro career 
when I stepped in between the chalk lines onto that football field, I had no idea how it was going to go. Wow. Because I hadn't practiced. I hadn't punted a ball in like two months. Really? It wasn't my best performance. <laughs> it wasn't bad. I mean, I think I averaged like 41 yards a punt. Sure. Um, but that was my last that game. That was the last game. That was my For last the Jets. Game. For the Jets. Before that, it was. Three- I played five years with the Giants. And so I started my career in New Orleans, played three years. Then I played a year uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, two years with the Jets, five years with the Giants. And then at that point, I was like, you know what? This has been a wild ride. I'm so blessed. I'm mm. so thankful. I'm ready for a new pursuit. What was the last game with the Giants when you thought it was going to be your last game? Um, I was also playing against the Patriots. Preseason game. It was a preseason game. It was a preseason game. So you retired in the preseason. Well, I didn't announce my retirement. I was cut because um, I, I mean, my heart wasn't in it, and my salary was, I think it was two point nine million that season. A rookie for half a million. And so, what they ended up doing, final cuts, is they they traded a seventh round draft pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers to get their young punter. That I think his salary was like maybe four hundred thousand, and so they're going to save two point five million dollars by cutting me. And they had to find. A, a place where they could save money because they were about to give Eli Manning a $90 million contract. And it's really Every easy to say, matters. hey, what's more important, the you know, the weight room junkie punter or right, right. Eli Manning two-time Super Bowl MVP? Wow. So, okay. But I got – I have no – I am so thankful for the Giants. Like a lot of people when they get cut, they're like yeah. really sour about it. But I had the greatest five years of my athletic life and really my life because – um you know, they gave me the ability to pull my son out of the stands in Lucas Oil Stadium while confetti is pouring down on us as Super Bowl champions. And my son's four and a half years old. And I pick him out of the, I mean, it's like, it was like a movie. I pick him up out of the stands. He's like, Dad, we did it. We won the Super wow. Bowl. And I'm like, it's ah, <laughs> crying, oh you know, gosh. like nobody could make me cry like I cried right then because wow. it's like you dream about sharing something like that. <sighs> with your legacy, with your son. Wow. And so he was, not only was he able to experience it, and I was able to experience it with him, like I asked him, I'm like, do you remember that? He's like, I remember everything. Wow. So, you know, I'm super fortunate that and, and blessed that he was there for that. And I'm fortunate that my firstborn was a son, and not that I wouldn't want to enjoy that with my daughters, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's, yeah, different it's different with your son, yeah. you know, because he, he might play football with Right, it? right. What was that like going into the Super Bowl game? I mean, what was that whole process like? It was 47 miles from my hometown. Yeah. Talk about like a storybook ending, except for I played for four more years after that. It was amazing, man. It really was because we got there on a Monday. Um, Who'd you guys beat? Patriots. (sighs) A long, long, rich history with the Patriots. Right. Um, So we get there on a Monday. We're playing the game the, the following Sunday. And we arrive and, you know, like all of the news days. news reporters from my hometown are there. I mean, there's news reporters from all over the yeah. world, but from my hometown were there. And they hadn't really interviewed me since I was in high school. And it just kind of brought me, you know, brought me back and yeah. helped me to kind of realize the gravity of like how far mm. I had come and how blessed I was for the opportunity that I was about to have. And then Tuesday is media day where they put us in the stadium and all of the media has an opportunity to interview mm-hmm. us. And so after that media day was done at about 2 p.m., I had um, my parents pick me up in Indianapolis and drive me to Terre Haute, Indiana, 47 miles from Indianapolis, 
and my high school had a pep rally for me. <clears throat> no way. And it was it was so cool, man. Yeah, that's really cool. It was that was my second favorite part of my NFL career was the pep rally at my high school. My first favorite was uh the Super Bowl parade in Manhattan the day after the Super Must Bowl. Must have been nuts. That was unbelievable. So that whole week, you know, there's two teams that one team's gonna come out a champion. Yep. How do you not psych yourself out to be like, wow, all I have to do is punt well and hopefully yeah. you know, Eli does his job and my team does his job right. and I'm a champion. Or, you know, what are you yeah, thinking about it's, the whole time? Uh, well, you know, because there's yeah. media everywhere you go. So it's almost kind of like you're like locked in a hotel for a week. But you, for me, it was really, I don't want to say easy, but it was, I just relied on my teammates. Like, because they had won a Super Bowl in 2008, just four years earlier. Mm. And so I remember going to like Eli Manning and, Justin Tuck and Brandon Jacobs, the guys that had won a Super Bowl four years prior. And I was, you know, just how do I handle this week? You know, I, I want to play my best game on Sunday. I know you guys want me to play my best game on Sunday. You guys have been here before. You've done it. You had great games. Mm-hmm. You know, school me up a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they just gave me the advice of, you know, take lots of pictures, but don't don't emotionally get invested in the hype surrounding this game. Take the pictures. Take the videos with your phone. And then when the Super Bowl is over and we're champions, go back and look at them and then revel in that excitement. Because if you get too caught up in the hype leading up into the game, we'll to you're going you're gonna to change the, the way you approach the game. You know, you're the best punter in the world. Do what you've done for every other game up until this point and just go out there and, and play. play the game. Play. And I, I took that advice and it, it could not have been better advice because I had the greatest game of my life in really? the biggest game of my life. My first punt was down to the two, two yard line in the very next play, Justin Tuck uh, sack. It was our first possession. We drove down to the 42 yard line and then we ended up stalling out. We punted. I punted to the two yard line. Justin Tuck sacks Tom Brady on the very next play. So the first two points of the Super of Bowl um, were set up by you. Were set up by me. <laughs> but it was one of the things that like validated my importance to the team, yeah. at least to me was after Justin Tuck sacked Tom Brady in the end zone, he went on a beeline straight to, to me you. on the bench and like pulled me off of the bench. He was like he's like that you know you gave me an assist on that sack, man. Wow. Couldn't have done that without you. And that must he have was, felt nice. Oh my gosh. Because I mean, dude, punters are not a cool position. <laughs> you know, like if you're looking at the hierarchy of the team, yeah. I'm barely above the water boy. You know? <laughs> exactly. But for the the four time uh team captain to at that moment of one of the biggest plays of his entire career on the biggest stage on the biggest stage to come tell me that and validate my worth to the team it made it so much more special when we got our super bowl rings and i put it on because he told me he's like we couldn't do this without you and then you know i had i ended up having three more punts and um out of my four punts three of them were in the inside the 10 yard line uh, that's a Super Bowl record, and Wes Welker was the punt returner, and he had zero return yards the entire Shut game. Up. He's one of the best returners yeah, in the game. He never, he never touched the, never touched the ball. That's yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. And you guys won by two points, didn't you? Yes. No, four points. Four points. Four points. So on their last possession, they technically could have won. kicked the field goal to win if that wasn't for the safety. So yeah, you can play. You know, if this would right, have happened, right, that right, would have right. happened. But you know, to me, what Justin Tuck said to me validated my entire career That's pretty cool and it was it was special i'll never forget that and wow. when he retired i actually um wrote him like an open letter 
And I'd huh. never told anybody that story before, um, but I, I posted that um, as a tribute to him when he announced his retirement. Because a lot cool. of the guys that I came in with are retiring now, but they have a whole lot more mileage on the tires. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, concussions and surgery. We're getting hit every day. You're and me, man, I'm super fortunate. No concussions. Actually, I think I had one, but undiagnosed and no surgeries. You know, only one marginal injury. Uh, so I'm walking away from the game healthy, yeah. you know, with a, enough money in the bank to pursue what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't make $500 million, but I made enough to be able to say, I want to do what I want to do. Now. Right. It's you great, know? man. If I can make money within my passion, that's fantastic. But I'm not, I'm not handcuffed to be able to have to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what's missing in your life then? You've created a lot. You've achieved your dream. <sighs> You're still 33. You got four amazing kids, amazing wife. I, I, Health is on point. I mean, yeah. it could be a little better. You're a little, <laughs> a little chubby around the waist. I'm a little soft <laughs> in the side. Um, what's, what's missing in your life? That's a good question. I've never really asked myself that. You ask good questions, Lewis. You, you, <laughs> you, you drive this show well. Thanks. What's missing in my life? I literally, I mean, I have, when I was 15 years old, the first goal that I really set out for myself was I, I always wanted a family. I always wanted a family. Why? Um, I don't know. I just, the way my dad fathered me and the things he did for me and the, and the way that he, you know, mentored me and he was patient with me. Um, and he, you know, unconditional love for me. I wanted, I wanted to give that to, to my kids. And so that was a, a, really really big motivator for me was to you know to get married and start a family and i've done that you know i wanted to have multiple kids i've, I've got four and love to have another one but i feel like the, i i definitely have everything that i wanted as far as my family is concerned and um you know i have a relationship with my wife that i like genuinely enjoy to be around her there's a lot of people that can't say that you know like they're married and they have kids but you know they're like ah my wife you know i mean don't get me wrong there's days where i'm like oh man she's killing me right but there's a whole lot more days where you know she's feeling the the same way about me so uh she's helped me grow so much and mature so much because when i started dating her i was 19 years old and i probably had the maturity level of like a 14 year old you know and i was probably always like five years maturity wise behind where I really needed to be. And, and she's, she's helped me grow up a lot. I mean, I'm 33 years, right? 33 year old, 33 years old right now. And I still, I have so much self-improvement to make, Mm -hmm. but she's patient with me, you know, and she knows like there's things that I struggle with, you know, Like, like there's things that, you know, innately you struggle with and innately I struggle with. And she's just, she's very patient with me. Um, but one thing she's always very proud of is when she identifies something to me that, that I can improve, I'm, I'm always going to work hard, mm-hmm. you know? So as long yeah. as she sees me working hard to improve something, you know, maybe it's my time management, maybe it's being less, less self-centered. Maybe it's, it's being more patient. You know, I'm not a patient person. I'm, <laughs> You know, innately self-centered, and I think in order to be the best in the world at something, gotta be a little bit. You've got to be a little bit self-absorbed because it requires a lot to be able to become the best at what you do. And um, 
so yeah, she's she's very patient with me, man. I, I love her. She's she was a godsend. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. What advice would you give to women out there who are, one, a guy who's going after being the best at what they can be, but... Um, how don't sh- try to change them, you know. I, I say don't... Don't make them wrong for it? Yeah, don't make... And she still struggles with this now because, you know, I worked so hard and I became the best in the world at, at what I was pursuing. But now I'm starting all over again. You know, I want to be an entrepreneur and I, you know, I'm I'm in the it's, middle. It's of, even more time of, now. Oh, my gosh. You got to obsess even more because you don't yeah. know the skill yet. Yeah, yeah. because I, you know, I, I'm sitting now. I got to spend a lot of time with people like you. You're like, I, I don't know anything. Right. Um, but I'm hungry and I'll work hard. And so she, she I think she felt like when I retired. Then I was just going to be home, you know, but I, I'm not wired that way. Yeah. Like I, I'm always, I, I want to do something. I can't sit still. Yeah. Um, I got ADHD like next level, you know, yeah, yeah. but I've, I've been able to use that as, uh, as a benefit, you know, almost as a weapon, you know, when I was in school, it was really difficult. I couldn't sit still. And, you know, I know that you weren't a good student in high school either. And I don't want to say school wasn't for me because I enjoyed school and I enjoyed classes that I was interested in, yeah. but it's really difficult for me to sit still in general, mm-hmm. you know, I was especially still... when you're not interested in it. Yeah. So, um, when I had teachers that were receptive to the fact that I had ants in my pants, you know, and I had to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes, I got good grades, even if it was a class I didn't like, uh, because I was fairly above average intelligence. Mm-hmm. I worked very hard, but I, I can't sit still if I if I have to sit still longer than 20 minutes, then I lose my focus. Yeah. So it's really difficult for me to sit and read books. It took me like three weeks to read your book. Yeah. It's not That's that good. many pages. That's good. But I would read like 20 <laughs> minutes at a time and sure. then I'd have to be done because if I tried to read 40 minutes, I would retain the knowledge of 20 minutes of it. And my I would be right. reading the words, but my right. mind would go to La La Land. So um, the teachers that that were receptive to that. And my son is the same way. Mm. You know, he's, he was diagnosed with the exact like impulsive, um, you know, energetic. And I, I learned to use that overabundance of energy and my parents funneled that into sports at a really young age. And so when you're playing sports and you don't get tired, obviously you're going to get better at them Mm -hmm. or you're just going to outrun everybody else. And, and I've got, um, a little bit of OCD, not nearly as bad as ADHD, but I've also been able to use that in goal setting. And so I will find, like have this vision 
and set my goal and I'm just obsessed with it. And so yeah. everything I do during the day, I'm thinking about that goal. Yeah. And that, that drives my wife nuts because yeah. she's the opposite of me. When I think something, it comes out of my mouth. And so I may offend some people, but they know where I stand, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good and bad because if I love somebody, I'm like, man, I love you. I, I won't keep it inside. Yeah, you know, yeah. if I appreciate somebody, I'm just like, I really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. And um, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and it's good and it's bad, but that drives her nuts. Yeah. You know, you know, the thing is we need to fully immerse ourselves in anything we're doing if we want to become great at it. You can't just say, I'm going to dabble a little bit and have a balanced I kind of want to be successful. No. No, you've got to. There's got to be a moment of uh, time. There's got to be a, a span of time where you're all in on something and that's all you think about if you want to learn and master the skill. You didn't just punt for an hour a day and not think about it the rest of the day when you're in high school or college. You probably watched game film or watched specific video of a punter that you wanted to emulate over and over you watch yourself. You went to camps. You studied I mean, it. How many times it. have you listened to podcasts of people that you admire? You know, just researching. Right. Like, I mean, I do a ton of research. Right. That's yes, what I'm saying. Ton of like you did. A, I'm sure you did a ton of research for your interview with me. And yes, we're we're boys. Exactly. Like you know me well. Exactly. But you're you're gonna come in well prepared. Exactly. I'm curious now. I think people want to know. You do a really good job of Snapchatting your day and Instagramming things. What does a daily routine look like you, for you? Like, what would an optimal schedule be for you? Obviously, you're traveling and things change. Like, you got up this morning at 3.15, drove to Venice, you worked out at 4 a.m. I was going to come into your room and Snapchat you snoring you like have. you did to me, but <laughs> I was in his home and maybe I was we'll like, find a video. Know, maybe we'll download the video. I'm very thankful for Lewis and, you know, I don't want to disturb <laughs> his beauty rest because he's got to interview some wildly successful punter today. <laughs> Give me the breakdown. If it's, All right. If it's so a perfect my, day for your my routine. My perfect day. Like, what would it be? I'm going to bed at 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. A nice seven hours of sleep. Uh, when I wake up, I'm going to have six egg whites, two whole eggs, spinach, avocado, turkey bacon. Mm. Then I'm going to have why one piece of wheat toast dry. Why? Why would why I Why that, that food? Just it, to me, I've grown accustomed to like that. And I know if I eat that, my energy levels are going to be where they're, where they need to be. I'm going to get enough proteins. I'm going to get the right amount of carbs. It's going to fuel my day. And so after I eat that, at this time, it's 535. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start out with a nice 15-minute yoga slash static stretch session. Then my favorite body part to train is probably back. So I'm going to do a good 80-minute back workout, finish it up with 10 minutes of core. Then I'm going to... Why back? I don't know. I just, it used to be my weakest muscle group about four years ago and I trained it so hard. You love it so much. I love it now because I'm, I'm good at it now. You know, I, my chest sucks still to this day and I hate training chest, you know? Um, okay. So so then I'm, I'm going to be finished up with all that around call it seven 30 and I'm going to go home. I'm going to get the kids dressed. I'm going to take them to school. I'm going to fix them breakfast. I'm going to take them to school for eight 15, kiss them. Uh, get them into school, then I'm going to come home and I'm going to bust up my emails. Um, and I forgot to mention, I'll be Snapchatting what I'm eating for <laughs> breakfast and my workouts, sure. the reps, the sets, the technique tips. 
Um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to work for about three hours. And, um, at that point I'm going to go have lunch with my wife and, um, you know, whatever she wants to do for the next call it two hours. Then I'm going to pick the kids up from school at three o'clock and take my son to some type of sports activity take. And then I'll get home at about five o'clock and then I'll have two hours with my three little girls and they go to bed at seven 30. Then I'm going to watch a movie with my wife and then I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock again. That's right. to me. That's a great day. That's pretty good. I that's like a, that. That's a great day. I like that too. Okay. So I want you to, I want you to go into a zone for a second. Okay. And you've got what kind of zone are we talking? Are we talking about like a happy place, like Happy Gilmore. Happy you're about place, to go on like? a zone to give the speech of your life. Okay, you're about to go on a zone in a place where there is a a high school athlete who's preparing for the state championship in football or basketball. Mm-hmm. There is a, a man or woman about to go and give the speech of her or his life in front of twenty thousand people, or there is an athlete that's going to prepare for the world championship or the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they call you. They say, we need Weatherford. He's our guy. So I'm going to speak to 20,000 kids. You're going to speak to one person. Get... Okay. We need Weatherford to come in here and, and get this person ready. Mm-hmm. We need to have Weatherford get them in the zone mm-hmm. for the speech that's going to inspire the world. That's going to bring the greatest performance of their life mm-hmm. to this moment, to this hour speech. Super Bowl. I'm going to speak for an hour. No, you're about to speak for one minute. Oh boy. Okay. You got a one minute I to rock, go into I can the rock, room. I could rock the mic. into the locker room, backstage, right, and speak one on one with this person or one to ten people on the mm-hmm. team, and you get to move them into the state they need to be in to prepare for this game. Mm-hmm. They've done all the hard work. They've gotten to this place, but mentally and emotionally, they're not ready. Mm-hmm. You got to get them ready. You so got I, one, need, I need to take them into their zone. You got to take them into their zone. Okay. Whether they're, again, any stage, any big stage, what would you say? But also, you could also think of this as a moment of like, essentially what I want you to do is get us into a place where you think about before you go work out. Because mm-hmm. you get into such an incredible mental state before you train. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how you get into that place every single day. Mm-hmm. So how can you Some give days us... it's harder than others. Sure. Um, but if you're going to give me the speech of my life mm-hmm. before I go into the biggest stage... Let's say you're you're in the Olympics for the handball team. And I'm about to go on. And you've got an injury. Uh, you're our best player. And I need to get you ready. you got to get me ready. To win. Mentally, emotionally. To bring it home for America. That's it. What would you say? <sighs> One to two minutes. One to two minutes. All right. Give me um, your hand up when he's got 10 seconds left. You know what? I, I'm a big quote guy. Okay. And I'm going to start right now. Bring it to me. My favorite quote of all time, to give anything less than your best, is to sacrifice the gift. Now, for me, Lewis, tomorrow is the biggest opportunity that you've had in your life to show your mother, to show your father, to show your friends, to show your family. Everything that they have invested in you is going to come to fruition tomorrow. You're going to have an opportunity to cement your legacy and put your mark on this life. And it's not only affecting you, it's affecting every person that you've met, every person that you've spoken to. You have the opportunity for them one day to say, I knew him. I coached him. I taught him. I was his preacher. I rode the bus with him. You have an opportunity to inspire 
every single one of those people who has ever touched your life. But what you need to do is the best that you can do. You've done everything that you needed to do up until this point to prepare yourself for your greatness. There's, you're not doing it for anybody else but you because you've done the work. But the reverberation of your actions and performance tomorrow needs to be for an audience of one. It needs to be for you. There's a million people that have invested in you up until this point. But if you show up there tomorrow and do everything that you're capable of doing, when you leave that court or you leave that field or that gym, you'll be proud of you and so will everybody else. Let it rip. Mm. I'm going to drop the mic. I just got a little chills at the end there. That was good. Do you man. want to go play in the handball championship? <laughs> Let's do it. I like it. That was great. Play for an audience of one, man. There you go. You know? I like that, man. I do like that a lot. Thank you. That was good. Um, Let's go work out. I'm in. I'm ready, man. And what do you say to yourself before you prepare when you're at the gym? Is there a state that you take yourself in? Do you go through a uh, mental I, I ritual? I think about my goals, man. Mm. You know, I... One thing I've always prided myself on is being the hardest worker in the room. And one thing I've changed in in my routine in the last four years, it's kind of taken me from um, an elite athlete to, you know, in the upper echelon of, of elite is have, I've, I've done it smarter. And so I've, I've done a lot of research and research is difficult for me because I can't sit still. And so I have to kind of like compartmentalize the amount of time that I invest into researching. So I have to schedule that. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And I have to have like a to-do list that I want to accomplish with that 20 minutes, but I've garnered a lot of knowledge and wisdom to be able to get maximal effect for minimal input so like you've trained with me like i train hard yeah but i don't train as hard or as long as what a lot of people think i I train really smart you know i don't throw around thousands of pounds in the weight room i'm very cerebral with my approach to what i'm doing but more importantly you have to ask yourself like what is your why why are you doing this are you doing this just because like you saw somebody doing instagram doing it are you doing it because it's going to be a cause and effect? If you do this, you're going to get that. And so my approach to nutrition, my approach to training, my approach to recovery, my approach to kind of attacking your day, the way that I'm able to be most efficient and get the most out of every 24 hours that I have is planning. I mean, it's because I, I'm a bad time manager even now, but I've been able to accomplish some pretty amazing things because I I plan my day out. So every Sunday before I go to bed, uh, my business partner, Michael Martucci and I will sit and write down goals that we have for the following seven days of things that we want to accomplish. And some of them are within my family because he actually lives with me now. Some of them are within business. Some of them are fitness related. Some of them are relationship related. And I map out kind of, I don't want to call it my to-do list because it's not picking up laundry. Yeah. It's not going grocery shopping. It's more things that, that I want it's to vision accomplish for, for yeah, that yeah. week. Now, my week never goes exactly as I planned, but you have an overall arching plan for that week. And then I break it down into days. And so at the end of Monday, Monday is like the day that I attack the, 
the most. Mm-hmm. You've spent a few Mondays with me, yeah. man. We get it. You know, yeah, like yeah. I only slept. I only slept two hours last night. Yeah, but I knew it's Monday, and no matter what the weekend had in store for me, I get up early on Monday because that sets the tone for the rest of my week. That's the most important day for me because I'm setting the tone for my mindset, my productivity, my efficiency, um, d- just everything. Yeah. So um, tired or not, I've got this routine on Monday. I call it Monday momentum. Like today is the day that I create momentum for myself and carry that through the rest of the week. Now, will I crash and burn tonight and probably sleep like nine or 10 hours? Yeah. I'll have to clip my, my afternoon short and get into bed at like nine and to be able to get up early tomorrow. But it's that important to me. So the question is, you know, how do you achieve those goals the rest of the week? At the end of the night on Monday, I'll go back and look and kind of self-scout myself. Like as an athlete, Mm -hmm. you know, you self-scout yourself when you play a game. You come in on, you play a game on Sunday night football, you'll come in on Monday and watch the game film with your team and see the things that you did well and identify the things that you did poorly. And then you, the rest of the week, you work on your weaknesses to improve them to hope to execute better the next Sunday. And I do that every single night. Do you have a planner? Do you just have a notebook that you yeah, use? Yeah, my, my phone. I've always got my phone on me because I, I treat Snapchat like a video diary. <laughs> right, you know, right. I mean, I'm Snapchatting all day, but the reason that I do that is, man, I'm, I get to do some really rad stuff, yeah. you know, like this. This is a, a very cool life experience for me because this is a show that has motivated me to do things that I'm uncomfortable doing. You know, things yeah. I've never done before. Yeah. It changes the way that I live my life. It changes the way that I treat people. It changes the way that I love uh, my friends and my family. And and it's it's taught me a lot about myself through other people's journeys of successes and failures. And so I, I think um, for me, it's, it's about self-scout. So I self-scout myself every single night to see how I did in that day. Identify what I did well. Give yourself a pat on the back. And identify the things that you did poorly and try to, you know, lock and load for the next day. What's something that a lot of people are missing that you think they could learn about you to gain experience from, that they could be better in their lives from by something that you do? What's missing from a lot of people that you see and a lot of people that follow you, ask you questions? What are most people not doing that you think? Most people don't do enough positive self-talk. They don't speak things into existence. Every single morning that I wake up, I tell myself out loud, today's going to be a great day. And I will literally talk. I will tell myself exactly how the day is going to go. Like I'm, a, I'm a, like my, my buddy, Mike, my business partner is with me pretty much all day, every single day. And every single morning we'll get in the car on our way to wherever we're going. And I'm like, man, today's going to be a great day. We're going to go to this meeting and, and I'm going to crush the meeting. And then you know, we're going to go and, and do this podcast and I'm going to deliver, you know, the thunder in there. I'm mm. going to leave these these listeners with with something that's going at least it's just one thing that's going to change their life or the way that they live it, or the way they treat people or hmm. their view, their perspective on chasing their own dreams. And and I'll positive self-talk myself through the perfect day. Wow. Exactly how everything is going to go. Does he do that, Mike? I really? did it. I did it this morning. Does I he, do it every morning. Does he ever say anything negative out loud? If I, I you try. say something negative, he'll shoot you down right away. I've I've said a few negative things, and Mike won't be like, "Dude, you got to be positive." But 
Like, Whenever he, he says something look on negative, his face, and he won't even have to say anything. I'm when, like, you're right. When he says something negative, though, you you yeah, instantly I, I switch it. Out. I knocked that what out. What will you say when he says something negative? I'm like, no, you're wrong, man. It's going to go exactly like this. And then he's like, I'm just being realistic. I'm like, no, you're being negative. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? My 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 buddy Matt is more of a realistic person, and I'm like, That's, Come on, I don't be believe in realistic, man. I mean, <laughs> what do you set out for the day to be realistic? No, man. I set out in the day to crush. Yeah. I want to crush the day. I, every single thing that I do during the day, I want it to go perfect. Yeah. Does it? No. But I have. But if you come from not, a realistic not even, place. Not even the expectation. I have the dream that it will go. And up until this point, I got up at 3.15 this morning. We got a great workout in this morning at Gold's Venice, which is like the mecca of fitness and bodybuilding yeah. and weightlifting. Had an awesome workout there. Then we went and had a great breakfast on Venice Beach. Then we showered up. Then we went to my meetings. I had meetings with NBC today uh, for, you know, possibly being on some really cool shows, like, you know, possibly dancing with the stars. I don't know if it's going to happen, but when I left that meeting, I felt great. I crushed the the meeting. And then we left there. We went to In-N-Out. Celebrate. Give me a triple patty, animal style. <laughs> hold the cheese. And uh, and then we went to the park. We ate those. Snapchatted the whole thing. And then and then we actually saw uh, you know poor homeless guy sitting uh, sleeping under a picnic table next to us. And I went searched through my car to see if I had any food in there. I wish I would have seen him before. I ate that gigantic hamburger because I had given it to him and gone back and got another one. But I had some Jack Link's beef jerky. I gave him that and a Quest bar that I took from your pantry yeah. this morning. <laughs> and then we came here. And I could not be more excited for how my day is gone but for this opportunity right here. So, yeah, if to go back to your question, mm. what could I share with other people that they may not be doing right? positive self-talk like you have to see things happen in your life before before you can do it like it's visualization mm -hmm. and i learned that as an athlete yep. don't ever go out on the field of competition thinking about what you don't want to happen because there's been times where i you know you know, we're, it's two minutes to go in the game. The ball snapped from the four yard line. I'm, mean, you know, my heels are on the back of the end zone and I need to hit a good punt because we're up two points. And if they get a field goal, we lose. You don't ever get in that situation of like, man, I hope I don't shank it here. I hope I don't catch it fat and it goes 15 yards out of bounds. Because once you let those negative thoughts in your mind, they manifest. And that's when negative things happen in your life. But if you are in a, a place of, positivity and it sounds so cliche but man i'm telling you i encourage people to try it to think about the perfect scenario and before i go out you know it's third down and oh we had an incompletion now i have to go out and punt i'll close my eyes and even if it's just for three seconds and just rerun the clip in my mind of what the perfect play would be for me don't think about oh man it's 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 wet, it's windy. What if the long snapper skips it back to me? I don't want to think about negative things. All I can control is me, and I see myself hitting a 55-yarder out of bounds. And you go out there, your percentage chance of hitting the perfect punt is higher, much higher, mm -hmm. because you're thinking about what you want to do, not what you don't want to do or you don't want to happen. So it's 
it manifests itself inside of your brain and your brain is the most powerful muscle you have and it controls so much and it's kind of like that uh the movie on on netflix the book i say the movie because i can't sit down and read the The secret secret. yeah yeah you know it's like the energy that you project you know you attract yeah it's the same thing for being an athlete like if you think positive things Mm Chances are, if you've worked hard up into that point and you truly believe that it can happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the greatest example of that that I have had in my life was the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it sounds cliche to say it, but I saw myself having the greatest game of my life. Before it happened. Before it happened. And then after the game was over and I'm holding my son and confetti's coming down and then I start crying, you know, and then there's Al Roker interviewing people. Like it was surreal. And then you hold the Lombardi trophy. And I remember the long walk from Lucas oil stadium in this underground tunnel that, you know, like fans couldn't get in. So it was like a safe passage to our hotel. And I remember getting to the after party and like Kenny Chesney singing and, you know, everybody's, spraying champagne everywhere and i always thought like in my mind i'm like man if i ever win a super bowl i am gonna get so loaded you know (laughs) sure and i got to the party and you know my mom and dad are there and um you know my uh my sister-in-law betsy and her husband todd are there and they're like my favorite people in the world my grandmother's there she's like my best friend and my my kids are there and you know there's beers everywhere and I grabbed the first beer I I could find, and I took, like, two drinks of it. And I remember, I'm not kidding you, I remember looking at my wife. I'm like, I'm not going to finish this because I don't want to feel any different, you know? Because I've had nights where, you know, you party so hard, and you don't even remember the night before. Mm-hmm. I did not want that to happen on this night because I was so much self-sacrifice and discipline and and people investing in me and giving me opportunities maybe that I didn't deserve or giving me love, unconditional love that I didn't deserve or compassion. And and it all led up into this opportunity mm. for me to play for the audience of one, but for it to touch them. And and it did, man. It was like I, I couldn't have played a better game. It's crazy to think about Amazing. that. So for me, like it's not hard for me to to walk away from what I thought was my dream. And it was my dream, but I lived it. And now I want to to take that experience and share the tools that helped me to be able to not only get to that level and get to that opportunity, but then grasp it mm-hmm. and squeeze it for everything that I could. And, and then when it's over, just to walk away and feel fulfilled. That's great, man. You know? That's great. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is... I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. 
You don't have to hide how you feel. What do you think is the biggest obstacle in your way now for getting what you want? <sighs> um, I would say it's focus because there's so many. I'm overwhelmed right now. You know, I'm there's I feel like there's like so many things I don't know how to do. I feel like there's so many things that are out of my control. I feel like I don't know where to start. You know, it's it's overwhelming because I have dreams and aspirations of where I want to be in, you know, in this journey. But there's so many things that have to happen in between now and when I reach that place. Yeah. And so it's just to me, it's about being a taskmaster and focusing on one thing at a time. And I think if I can do that and surround myself with with positive people who will encourage me but also teach me, then I really don't feel like I can fail. I feel like it's it's going to take some time, uh, but I'm okay with that. I've never, you know, when I had the dream and the vision and the and I set the goal of being a professional athlete when I was 14 years old. I was five foot eight. I was 108 pounds. I didn't share that dream or that goal with very many people, you know, because the people that I did make the mistake of sharing that with, they laughed at me. You know, it's not a good feeling for you to to have a dream or have a goal. And have somebody just not even shoot you down, but laugh at you. Yeah, you know, there was so one. Fun, there man. was one guy uh, who bullied me every single day. Hey, Joey Satarski, if you're listening to this, thank you for your motivation. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> he bullied me every single day for like two years. He made me hate school. Wow. And uh, and I remember coming back after the the summer between my I finished my freshman year and I literally lived in the weight room <laughs> because lived. of this guy. Like it, no, I mean he right. wasn't my main motivation, right, right. but he was a motivator for sure. sure you know, <laughs> he made me miserable. Wow. And I remember coming back after the summer break and I, I left school at, I don't know, like maybe 125 and I came back at like 145, 150 and I wasn't jacked, but I had put a on a more, lot of weight. More confidence. Yeah. I was, I put on a lot of weight and I like started to feel myself a little bit. I'm like, I hope, I hope Joey Satarski comes up to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I still only 150 right, pounds, right, right. but I feel like I had like, I had earned the confidence. Mm. And so, um, it was it was a pivotal moment for me because I felt like I earned the right to stand up for myself at yeah. that point. How important is uh, mastering your body and your health in terms of achieving any other goal in your life? That's that's one thing I really love to to go and speak to kids about is is my formula for prosperity, and and it's real simple. It's you know it's identifying what your vision is, and for me. At 14, my vision was to be a pro athlete one day. And right now, my vision is different, but I'm just as far away from being where I wanted, where I want to be in this journey as I was when I was 14. There's a lot of things that I'm going to need to do before I'm able to realize that, but I've already done it once. I know what it takes, and it's just about maintaining my focus, trusting my plan, and then, you know, working every day and and being diligent and consistent 
mm. and and optimistic and positive because you know you you have your vision and then okay that's my vision that's where I want to be you set your goal and then after you set your goal you have to spend some time researching and and seeking out advice and wisdom and humbling yourself to people providing them value so they want to help you and then you can put this plan in front of yourself of what you need to do and that's the third step of the formula for for prosperity and then the fourth step is where 90% of people will fail in reaching their full potential or reaching their goal mm. and making that dream become real to them and it's work yeah. you know people just they don't execute there's lo- there's people there's dreamers everywhere this is los angeles there's dreamers everywhere but how many dreamers are consistently making that daily investment, that daily sacrifice that it's going to require in order for those tiny, very small decisions over time, the compounded interest of sacrificing this to get just that much closer right. to your goal. People, people have a real problem choosing what they want 10 years from now to what they want today right and and i i did that and i was able to to be able to experience you know seeing the manifestation and the culmination of all those sacrifices and all those those times that instead of going out and smoking cigarettes and smoking dope and drinking beers with my buddy i decided to go to bed and wake up early and you know put the work in in the weight room and Mm -hmm. it's not just about being in the weight room and, you know, going through the motions, it's being committed and being present in that moment and invest in everything you have. Because that's one of the things that I love about fitness is it's one of the only things in life that you're going to get out exactly what you put in. You know, doesn't lie. you're a really kind person. Yeah. You're a really generous person. You're one of the the most well-rounded guys that I know. But you're not always going to get what you deserve, man, you know? Mm. But if you take that well-roundedness and you funnel that into fitness, a fitness journey, you're going to get you're going to get what you deserve. Like you can't you can't cheat on a diet and then expect the results of your body mm-hmm. to reflect the sacrifice because you yeah. didn't make it. Yeah. You know? So that's one of the things that, you know, I I don't use my body to compete in athletics anymore. Um but we were talking about it the other day. There's something I really enjoy um, and I admire about people when they walk into the room and they're real fit. Not like, oh, he's pretty fit. Like I'm talking about a one percenter. When when a one percenter walks in and you, you know, they don't even have to have their shirt off. I'm just talking about somebody's got a T-shirt on, but you can tell they're tuned up. There's several things you can tell about them instantly. You know, you can tell that they practice self-discipline self-denial, consistency, hard work, having a vision, a work ethic. So all of those things you can tell about somebody without them even opening their mouth. Right. Um, And that's one thing that that I I like about fitness because it says a lot of things about me when I enter a room that I don't even need to tell people. Mm -hmm. You know, they know I'm a hard worker. They know uh, that that I'm goal-oriented. They know that I'm willing to be disciplined and work towards a goal like you don't it's going to say arrogant to say but you can't look that way with genetics genetics play a role but there's no way that you can be 
a one percenter with just genetics. It's it's going to take some work. Mm. It's going to take some sacrifice. It's right. going to take consistency. Yeah. All right. Final couple questions. Um, first one is, what are you most grateful for in your life recently? Recently. Okay. I'm glad you put recently in there. I'm I'm very very thankful um, for two people. I'm and I mean this. I'm really really thankful for you mm. and your willingness to um, just give, man. Because I don't feel like I I have nearly as much to offer you because you know I I'm not good at what you need. I can help you get bigger arms. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can help you get a six pack. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are important things to have as part of the f- full scope of what Lewis House is. Yeah. But you have so much more to offer me. And, and I'm, and you've been, I mean, every single time I call, every single time I text, every single time I FaceTime you, and I FaceTime you a lot. <laughs> I FaceTime Lewis. <laughs> 80% of the time versus a phone call. Yeah. The only time I don't FaceTime you is when I don't have very good service. <laughs> and I've already tried to FaceTime you and then it won't go through, so then I'll call. But your your willingness to just be transparent with me and honest, too. You're like, Steve, I don't think you're doing it right, you know? Mm. And you're not arrogant with it. You're not um, boastful. You know, I mean, did you, you've built something... Um, that that's impressive on a multitude of levels, but you've remained incredibly hum, humble and and willing to like you want to rise the tide, you yeah. know you you want it to rise, not to just bring your boat up, but all of the boats that are in your vicinity, you want them to come with you, and that's it's very rare, mm. you know you don't belong in Los Angeles, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you're like an evangelist out here yeah. <laughs> for how people should live their life. I appreciate You belong that. in Ohio, man. Thank you. You belong in the Midwest. <laughs> I, pre- I know. I'm from there, man. That's why. So yeah. to finish your question, uh, it's most – because you said most recently. Mm. Now, if you would have said, what are you most thankful for? Really easy to say my wife and kids because mm. they're going to be with me for the rest of my life and they were my life goal yeah. and they're my life purpose. Uh, but most recently, you uh, and my my partner, Michael Martucci, he uh, – He's a very good balance for me. He's actually very similar to my wife. Um, he's very, very good at what I'm not good at. And, dude, he's a 21-year-old kid. It's amazing, yeah. But he's a hard worker, and uh, and he's receptive. Um, he gets a little grumpy at times. He's sitting here <laughs> smiling at me right now. But I'm very thankful for him because he is helping me fulfill my dream, and I, I couldn't do mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now without – his his help and That's it's cool. kind of weird but i mean he's given me guidance too because you know a lot of that you know the the knowledge that that i need is in books right guess what you're not reading them <laughs> i don't get along with books dude unless I it's know. on an audio book or a podcast right. while i'm running i'm not going to garner that knowledge so yeah. uh most recently that's, that's what cool. i'm thankful for I appreciate that thank you um, i love you man appreciate it okay this is the uh the three truths question so what are you? I didn't prepare I, for this. I don't either. even need to cue this up. So no. What, so listen, what are your three truths, Steve Weatherford? You're a Super Bowl champion. You've got four kids. You've been on countless fitness magazine covers, but they're all gone. Exactly. <laughs> so what are three things? What are three truths? Yep. That you want to share yep. with the world that you know to be true before you die. 
You got it. Is that it? That's it. You got it. This is Perfect. episode 356, and you're here with Steve. Um, three truths. You're going to die. Um, but it's it's not that that's going to happen. It's like, what are you going to do in between the moment that you realize that that, that is going to happen and now? You know, I mean, it's it's a heavy thing to think about that, you know, as hard as you're you're working and hard as I'm working when we die, we can't take that with us. No, you know, but like, what are you going to do in between now and when you die? That's going to impact people because that's that's why I'm retiring from the National Football League is I want to have a legacy. I want to have an impact. Yeah. You know, it's like cool to have. A Super Bowl record, but dude, in 10 years, nobody's going to care. Nobody will probably even remember my name, you know, but they'll remember if I impact their life, you know, I don't want to be remembered for entertaining somebody, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, although I felt very blessed to do that. It was so much fun, Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I didn't feel like I was making an impact anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of them. You're going to okay. die. Okay. Uh, the second one is you're always going to get out of life what you put in because even if you don't get the tangible return, knowing that your investment was the best that you could make, your return is knowing knowing that you did your best. So that's one thing that helped mm. me uh, mentally with like performance anxiety before games like you're going oh i'm playing in the super bowl tomorrow there's going to be 79 million people watching if you make a mistake guess what they're all going to see it yeah but one thing that helped me to be able to get that negativity out of my mind is i knew i did everything up until that point to prepare myself for that moment to to be my best and so all i needed to do was go out there and let that be shown, you know, mm -hmm. play for the audience of one yeah, because yeah. I knew that I was ready. And if I do my best and I fail, I'm okay with that. And it's, that took me a while to be able to kind of embrace, but just giving your best in life, you're going to, you're going to get that in return. If you don't get it in the return of your goal or a Super Bowl mm -hmm. trophy or a million dollars, you're going to get that in a return of the fulfilling feeling of knowing I gave it everything that I had. Yeah. What is my third truth? That's a, that's, that's a, I, I should have written these down because every time that I listen to this show, I always ask myself, like, what would my three truths be? You know? <laughs> you get the chance now. Um, man, what would my, what would the third truth be? I mean, to me, I feel like when I when I ask myself that question, it the one thing that always I think in my mind is that you just you have one one life to live and mm. grow, you know, yeah. grow because every mistake that you make, uh, every failure that you have, like to me, my mindset is I'm going to win or I'm going to learn. So. When I live my life, I don't I don't spend any time thinking about uh, when I fail because I that's a, an opportunity for me to grow, and that's also another another thing that as an athlete um, was 
athletics taught me that. Athletics yeah. taught me that, you know, you are going to win and lose on a scoreboard, but in order to evolve as a person and, in, you know, on a smaller scale, in order to evolve as an athlete, you need to learn from those mistakes. Right. And so I just encourage people that, I guess, to sum that, that truth up is you're never going to lose. Mm. You're never going to fail. You're going to win or you're going to learn. So don't let the fear of failure paralyze you from trying. Right. Because when I was 14 years old, I'd never touched a football in my life. And the high school football coach comes over to the soccer coach and he's like, hey, we don't have a kicker or a punter. Do you have anybody that, you know, you think would be, that has a strong leg that could do it? And I was 108 pounds. And the soccer coach points over, he goes, yeah, that kid over there, he might not look like much, but he's got a good leg, you know, and he's a, he's a cocky little wiry <laughs> bastard, you know? Right, right. And, um, and so the coach walks up to me, he's like, do you want to be our kicker? And I'd never touched a football in my life. And I'm so thankful that I had the courage and, and the bravery mm. to try something new and not try something new and, and not try to fail. Try something new and give it everything you have. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail because you're either going to be really good at it or you're going to learn. Yeah. So don't let the fear of failure paralyze you. I like that one. Don't let the fear of failure stop you from achieving your greatness. Boom. Boom. <laughs> this has been Steve Weatherford on episode 356, <laughs> The School of Greatness. I like it. Okay. Before we close, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Steve. I want to acknowledge you for your incredible realness and your ability to visualize any dream and spend years going after it and make it come true. I also want to acknowledge you for your huge heart. You have a, you're a big guy, but you've got an even bigger heart, and you give more than you give yourself credit for. You give constantly to your friends, to people you don't even know. You're constantly giving to your following showing up consistently every day in such a loving, huge way. And you do something that you say that you make seem so easy and so simple, but for a lot of people, it's almost impossible. And that is being positive every single moment. I don't know if I've ever seen you in a negative state, like Mike said. And that's a, that's a gift that you have to inspire positivity in other people. Like you said, it's the thing that most people don't do. It's the thing we need the most, and you are leading the world with positivity. So I want to acknowledge you for your incredible Appreciate inspiration, that. your incredible – It's my favorite compliment ever, man. Your incredible example. You lead by example constantly. You may not uh, – you know, you, you say you may not be the smartest guy in the world, but you lead by example of your actions with your integrity, with your hard work, and those are a couple of qualities that you can't fake. And, you know, I'll always have you on my team, man. I appreciate you and I acknowledge you for your gifts. So Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. We, we, we've already, you've already said the definition of greatness. So I want to ask you one final question, but before we do, where can we follow and connect with the legendary Steve Weatherford? So I am on Snapchat, um, every single minute of every <laughs> single day. Um, and in addition, what is it? To, what is it? It's at Weatherford five, which yes. is also my Instagram, which is also my Twitter. And I'm on Facebook as well. And, um, that's, Steve Weatherford, but I monitor all of them mm -hmm. pretty much all day, every day, because that is the most direct way for me to kind of like bridge my gap in mm -hmm. between 
myself and the people who are supporting me, I'll never call them followers because yeah. to me, I don't, a follower is behind you. You know, mm. I, I want them right next to me. I want to push them. Uh, I want to push them along as, as I go along. Like when I grow and I yeah. learn, I want them to get that same experience. And, you know, I, I feel like I do a, I, I try to do my best and also sharing my failures because, um, I'm not losing when I fail, you know, I'm learning, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, I I'll share the Super Bowl stories and all that, but I'm also, I try my best to, to share the shortcomings and, and the failures in my life and how I'm, I'm learning from those. So, um, I love social media. I don't think you'll probably have somebody on the show that's more active yeah. on those platforms than I am because uh, that's that's the easiest and most efficient way for me to to share my journey and mm-hmm. share things that that I learn from amazing yeah. people in my life like you. So yeah. I want to thank you, man. It's been a lot of fun to be on the show, but um, it's been a really special relationship that I've had with mm-hmm. you because you came into my life at a time where I needed that guidance. You know, I'm transitioning from, from one career into another. And I don't want to say I was lost cause I knew where I wanted to go, but right. you need somebody in your life to show you the roadmap to get there. So, sure. you know, you've been, you've been incredibly helpful and generous and thoughtful and, uh, and transparent with, with everything that you've learned from, yeah. from the people that you've had in your life that have mentored yourself. Yeah. Muchos gracias. Of course, man. man. Of course. And you also have a book coming out, right? I do. So, and it's called Armageddon. Is that right? It is. So if you guys want to learn how to get in shape like this guy, like Superman over here, you're coming out with your first ebook on how to get bigger arms, essentially. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, is there a website this, for this that's going to be coming story, out? The story of it is, is to me what makes it most exciting. You know, I'm going to give you a 90 second condensed version of how I kind of like stumbled upon this journey. My whole life I've been into fitness, you know, at 14 years old, I had to change Mm -hmm. my body in order to pursue my dream. And one thing that had always bothered me, you know, I'd be on these different fitness magazine covers, but one thing that always bothered me is I always had small arms by comparison to the rest of my body. Uh And so once I decided that, you know, my football career was going to, going to be over, January 1st, I wrote down my New Year's resolutions, and the first three or four of them were, you know, I want to be a better communicator with my wife. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, be more present with my family and, you know, put my phone away when I get home and and be be more in the moment. And the last goal that I, that I wrote down for 2016 is within 90 days, I want to have 19-inch arms. And the day that I wrote those down, it was 16.75 inches, and it took me 104 days but I went from 16.75 to 19 inches, which is that's hard to do. 2.25 inches, <laughs> and I'm not taking some of the vitamins that other people do to right. be able to make that growth. So it's something I'm super proud of because as much time as I had spent in the gym, that was one thing that had eluded me for the past 19 years wow. in the gym. I'm 33 now, 19 years in the gym, and and I wrote this program down. I was never planning on turning it into an ebook. But I wrote that my news resolutions down. I put them on Instagram because to me, if I make those resolutions and I share them with everybody on Instagram, they're going to keep me honest. So if I knew I put it to yeah. a timeline of 90 days and 90 days went by and I didn't have 19 inch arms, the people that support me on, on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat, they're going to be like, what are you doing? You, your arms look the same. 
So I shared that journey, <laughs> and after about six or seven weeks, I started to get questions like, "Dude, your arms are getting huge. What, like, what, what are you doing?" And it was about like the eight week mark. I had, I had like another month to go, and I decided I wanted to put it into an ebook and, and share it because it was working so well for yeah. me, and it was something that I always struggled with. So now I'm coming out with with what's Armageddon. The, what's the site going to be? Do you know the link? Okay, yeah. so follow so you on all Instagram. Of, all of the, I'm going to be sharing it heavily on Instagram at Weatherford Five in the Snapchat, next Twitter. month or something, right? It's yeah, I'm hoping that it's going to come out in the next four weeks. the The programming is done. Yep. The story behind it is done. Yep. You know, the the daily and weekly motivation, and you know, I tell the story of like, hey, it's week five. Yep. This is exactly where I was at. This right. is what I was thinking. It's it's fun because I tell the story of exactly like. I went through it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to to share that with people because I've never done any. I've never written a book before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm That's not great. a New York Times bestseller. You know? <laughs> I'm I'm a punter. Nah, so, it's but be you've great. been you've been super helpful with yeah. me of you know arranging it and you sure. know now I'm kind of putting together the the promo videos to put on Facebook so people can kind of see mm-hmm. you know where I was a before and after picture. Right, right. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Cool, so I'm excited. Uh, people are gonna love it. So look out for Armageddon. Follow Armageddon Steve. is coming. <laughs> Follow Steve. He'll announce it soon. Um, and the final question, let's do this. Since I already asked you the, what's the definition of greatness, let's do what's the question that you want to ask everyone listening to answer? So if I can ask all of the listeners, all 1.3 <laughs> million yes. that downloaded it yes. this month, what would I ask them? What's the call to action you want them to do in their own lives to get better? Okay, this is what I want all 1.3 million people out there to do in their own life. You know, they have the three gratitudes in the morning. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage people to look at their schedule for the day, whatever it may be. You know, picking the kids up from school. Mm -hmm. It could be a board meeting. It could be a delivery they have to make. I want them every single morning out loud, not in your head. I want you to speak out loud, whether it's while you're drinking your cup of coffee or you're having your green juice or you're in the shower. I want you to positive self-talk your way through the perfect day. And I want you to do that every single day for 30 days. And I want you to tweet or Snapchat at Lewis House or at Lewis underscore house on snapchat <laughs> and i want you to tell him or me or both of us how your life has made a massive change because i know that it will if you stay consistent to the routine of the positive self-talk a perfect day waking up every single morning and say today is going to be a great day and this is why because i have this and it's going to go like this and then i have to go here and it's going to go like this when you can visualize your day going perfect, and I'm not talking about waking up and, oh, uh, the sun will be shining. No, no, no. I'm talking about in detail how your day is going to go. I'm going to go into this board meeting today, and I've got this presentation, and it's going to go so well that my boss is going to come up to me in the hallway after, and he's going to tell me that was the greatest presentation anybody has ever given. You completely paralyzed the entire room because they were so focused 
on the material that you were covering, with the passion that you were delivering it. I want you to go into great detail on how, not just, oh, I'm going to have this meeting, it's going to go good. Go into detail and tell me why it's going to be so great. Mm. If you will commit yourself to a habit of doing that, you can see yourself giving a presentation like that or, or, or leading a team like that and how you're going to lead the team, your life will change. I guarantee it. Mm. Steve Weatherford, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. My man, Steve Weatherford, in the house, rocking the greatness headquarters. Super blessed and grateful for this man in the world and also this man in my life. He's an incredible, genuine human being. Lots of positivity, hardworking, and cares deeply about people. I think that there's no greater characteristics than working hard, dedication, focused on giving back and caring towards other people. In my book, that is a winner and the definition of greatness. So super grateful he came on. Make sure to share some love and post this out to uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, at Weatherford5 and at Lewis Howes. Let us know what you thought of the interview and make sure to connect with Steve. All of his info is back at the show notes lewishouse.com slash 356 where you can learn more about him and uh, see the full video interview there as well as always guys you have a choice you have an opportunity every single day to make yourself better your thoughts will determine how you act and how you react in situations you get to decide every day am I going to make an action that's going to move me towards my dream or make an action that's going to hurt me and hold me back What choice are you going to make today? It all starts with positive mindset, positive affirmations, positive mindset. What you speak into the world, you create. So continue to say and think positive things and take that step in a positive direction today that's going to get you closer to your own greatness. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. love a classic chocolate chip cookie. Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 
988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.